I'm Sharika. And I'm Megan. And this, and this is, is The In Between. Hey guys. So hopefully you can hear this because right now Sharika and I are out in my backyard at a fire. Um, just trying to Stay social safe. distance. <laughs> yeah. Just because, you know, I'm seeing some family soon. So yep. we're sitting out here. Luckily it's not freezing. But you're yeah. probably going to hear sirens. Or maybe some other people talking or in the background. Or some neighbors talking. <laughs> yeah. um, and we might also sound a little bit far away. Um, but hopefully not. Anyway. So today, Shriek and I are going to talk a little bit about the book we've been telling you about called The Bible Tells Me So. Um, we're not going to go through every chapter, but we're going to talk a little bit about chapter one today, and then we'll revisit um, in some weeks to follow, but we won't probably do like a chapter by chapter thing unless we really feel like we want to break it down, but we also want to encourage you guys to listen or to, to listen to the book or to read the book. Yeah. Um, so maybe we don't want to go over chapter by chapter yeah. so that they read it. Um, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about forgiveness, which is something we will also probably revisit. Of course. Um, have a couple excerpts from this book that I've been reading called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And yeah, I think it gives some good... Um, conversation starters for um, for the topic of forgiveness because it is not a fun topic. Not always, right? Yeah. So, all right, Shrika, I'm going to read you one of the things because I thought it really fit with our podcast. Um, so, in here, and I think you pronounce her name Tercerist. I'm not really sure. Um, But her name is Lisa Turkerist. Oh, I've read her stuff before. Maybe. Yeah. Well, she, I've heard of her. Maybe she speaks. She does. She's yeah, a speaker, yeah, yeah. teacher. Yeah. Um, so she wrote a book on forgiveness that um, I decided to buy. I pre-ordered it months ago and forgot, you know, one of those things. And then it came um, like a week and a half ago right at a time where I've realized that I need to start working through some healing yeah. of forgiveness, that I need to forgive um, some people. And my therapist also looked at me and was like, hey, do you think you need to walk through some forgiveness? <laughs> because we've, you've walked through healing. Like we've dealt with a lot of these things. I think, I think maybe now we need to focus on forgiveness. And I wanted to throw her across the room um, at that point yep. because I don't like forgiveness. It depends on the season you're in. Right? Um, yep. Yep. And how we've been taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, forgive and forget. Yep. Um, what are some other things the church has taught about forgiveness? I mean, if you don't forgive other people, God won't forgive you. Right. So um, scare tactics. Yeah. Um, or you're just you're holding yourself in bondage. You're not hurting anybody but yourself. So you may as well forgive um, without actually really dealing with the issue as much. Uh, it's just saying this is what you need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And... I think maybe it's being taught more now where, you know, forgiveness is a choice. Like, you you kind of work out forgiveness, um, but you're not necessarily going to feel it every time you forgive someone. Your emotions are not necessarily going to line up with that. Right. Um, or you're going to feel like they did, and then two weeks later, yeah. you know, Sharika, I'm going to get mad at you again, mm-hmm. 
and be triggered and be like, oh, forgiveness must not have worked. Yeah, it usually doesn't become a feeling until the person is different. And most times people aren't different. Um, you can't wait until people are different. Um, they may not you know, acknowledge what they did to you or even see it as wrong. Right. And when, when they don't see it, then you don't feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we do get stuck a ton on... We're stoking the fire right now, yeah, guys, because yeah. we're dying with the smoke. Um, <laughs> totally lost my train of thought, but... Um, oh, the feelings. Yeah. Like, if we don't feel it, it must not be real. It must right. not have happened. Right. But oftentimes if we feel like, okay, we've worked through forgiveness, we've chosen to forgive... Um, we're walking that out, but then we're triggered. It doesn't mean that all that work was for nothing. It just means there's another layer that right. we need to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually, in the book, describes kind of our Saturdays or yeah. the process, the whole process. Yeah, um, she says that first of all, she marks she she calls like names a timeline. Okay, and says when things happen. We mark them B.C. and A.D., like before crisis and after devastation. Um, but then, which is so so true, I mean, something happens and that is a mark on a timeline for us. You know, before this happened, after this happened. Um, but then she says there's a third line and it's called R.H., Resurrected Hope. Mm. And the reality is that Jesus' death only lasted three days but his resurrection hope has carried us into the future. Yeah. Which is a lot of what we're trying to get across yeah. in this podcast of like, we have the Fridays, we have the Saturdays where we spend a lot mm-hmm. of time in Saturdays. But what, what needs to push us through is the hope of right. resurrection. Mm-hmm. I feel like what I hear when she says it is that a lot of times we have things that happen to us that define us. Um, and that becomes us, you know, like before this happened to me, I was like this and now I'm like this. And that's the definition of who we are. And what I hear in that is that we're supposed to be defined by that hope, uh, by the resurrected hope. That should be the definition of who we are and how we are. Um, but if we never get to that point to receive it, um, and that's one of the benefits of forgiveness, um, is receiving the resurrected hope, um, just like you said helping people understand that in a way that's not triggering and um victimizing again um to a person um and I, when I think about that actually um I've had some experiences that I felt like when people told me to forgive I was angry yeah. instantly um and I didn't get to a place where forgiveness made sense to me until I had almost had a prodigal son experience where I you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm at the end of myself. And now I, okay, fine. I, I will forgive um, because this is not working for me. I have to um, do this. <laughs> I have to do this thing. And then I look back now and I can say, oh, it was worth it. Or I wish I would have forgiven, you know. But when people said it to me in the, in the moment, uh, it didn't make sense. It right. didn't feel good. Um, do you think if in those moments maybe the person had validated your feelings first and like sat with you in the mess of whatever that was and let you process and go come to forgiveness yeah I think think unforgiveness sometimes is 
a defense mechanism, right? So it's like, if you come to me, the person who did the thing to me, whatever the thing was, might be 80% of the time a good person. Maybe they're a good coworker, they're a good father, uh, even a good deacon. But in the moment, the thing he did to me is not good. Right. And if you come to me with the whole, he's a good father, I'm going to tell you all the horrible things about him because I want to be heard and I want you to feel me. Um, but if you, usually if you come from the other side, if you come from the other side and, you know, you demonize a person, you might even, you might even get a little bit of sympathy from me for that person because, you know, <laughs> yeah. okay, he's not a devil, right. um, but he did hurt me. You know what I mean? So I feel like sometimes we do that to, to protect ourselves. Like I want to... I want it to be valid. I, I, I don't want you to tell me that he's a good pastor. He hurt my feelings. Yeah. So in this moment, can we talk about that? And maybe I you know, wouldn't hold it as much as I know. Um, yeah. I'm trying to be too specific right now. <laughs> but in the situation that I'm thinking of at the moment, like, let's just, uh, literally, I, I went through a really long hard experience and we'll probably get to it at some point um through my marriage I went through a really hard experience where I because of the way I grew up and the way I felt like um men had power that women did not have I came into my marriage feeling like no man is going to tell me anything um and so I was eh, not very nice to my husband um and people would say that you're mean to him and all I could hear was, you don't understand the things that he's not doing, right? You don't, you don't, you don't grasp the things that I'm missing, the way that I don't feel seen. And so I couldn't hear that I was mean, even though I was mean. Like, I just couldn't hear it, you know what I mean? And I feel like now when I look back on it, if I, because I feel like God does hear me when I say I feel unseen, then I can have the moment with him where he's like okay so can we talk about the fact that you're mean and I can actually have that discussion that I, I was mean yeah. I, I, that was real um, but when you when you're trying to defend yourself forgiveness doesn't feel like it feels weak are you okay I am okay <laughs> the smoke is killing me <laughs> we're gonna be cold because I got yeah that's fine Face. This might be one of the ones we edit, huh? I don't know. Maybe not. This is funny. I'd, I'd still listen to this. Um, so, in those moments, though, yeah. do you think it would just be helpful if someone really, really validated right. you? Right. Um, maybe it would move us to forgiveness quicker. Yeah. If. Yeah. And I think that's what was helpful for me when I did get to that place of coming to the end of myself and breaking down before God. Like, fine, I'll forgive. I expected him to, to say, finally. But more or less, he was like, tell me, you know? Yeah. And I felt like God did validate my feelings and he did hear me. And that was restorative for me. I did not expect that because I did not really get that from the church. Um, yeah. Not the way I wanted to. Um and so it was healing for me to to be heard and my journal is full of you know my feelings and it's okay you know and he allowed me to have that conversation and I do think that that was helpful for me one to be able to forgive myself and to forgive other people um and to to release some of that stuff and not hold it over like whatever men made me feel like men are like this um not hold that over men forever right um and I can release them all and yeah 
let them be individually who they are. If they're dumb, they're dumb on their own. <laughs> and <laughs> not they're not all dumb just because some are dumb, you know. No, just but, kidding. But a lot are dumb. <laughs> yeah, a lot are dumb. But so you know, a lot of women are dumb. You know, this is true. Just men be, might be worse, but yeah, let's we just, can, you know, <laughs> be balanced in that. You know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's true. Like I can't yeah. think of any time that me needing to walk out forgiveness worked out when yeah. someone was just saying you just need to forgive. Yeah, you just need to forgive. Yeah, like. Even the training that we had in inner healing mm-hmm. said, like, it doesn't have to be a feeling you have. It's yeah. just an action. It's a choice. Right. And that was helpful for me to learn. But also, like, there were times that I wanted someone to pay. Yeah. Um, and just saying, well, your feelings don't have to line up. And, and it's, you're giving the revenge to God. All of that. That didn't work for me. Yeah. Like... I did not want to forgive because mm-hmm. no matter how much that training would have told me, like, this is not saying that what happened didn't matter. It's not saying that, you know, you made too much of it or that that person's totally fine now, whatever. That's still how it felt. Yeah. You know, pushing forgiveness before I was ready was more feeling like a punishment to me mm-hmm. opposed to me finding freedom in it. Right. And I would find when that happens, like, even if I mend a relationship, which is like really a quasi mending the relationship with this person, it made me feel further from God. Cause it's like, okay, my, for me personally, I feel like a lot of my childhood, I feel like I carried a burden. I have to carry it for this person and that person. And forgiveness feels like another one. You hear me? This person broke my heart. Now I got to carry this thing for them. I have to do the work. Right. I got to think about their weaknesses and, oh, where they came from and why they may have done this thing and their responses. I have to see them as a kid. Right, right. mm -hmm. And it became another burden. Um, I mean, if you see forgiveness in the wrong light, let's say it like that, then it it becomes a burden. And it, it feels like God wants me to be a warrior and he when people used to say I was strong oh my god it would make me so angry I don't want to be strong all the time sometimes I want to lay down Mm -hmm. I don't want to carry your stuff for you and it made me angry with God Uh, but having a a right perspective of forgiveness is totally different from that but it's the way the the enemy twists it in your head Um, and sometimes the way we say it to people reinforces that you know Mm -hmm. it gets in there it, it makes it like that. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know he did that to you. I know that happened. But you got to, you know, you're the good Christian. Right. You need to forgive because it's mm-hmm. a box we have to check off. Right. And that person's not even this. a Christian, so we can't expect anything from them. Right. But you're the one that's supposed to love Jesus. And it kind of makes you feel like, well, dang, I might be better off. <laughs> right. I know. Sometimes I'm like, wait <laughs> Doing what he's doing. You know, right. he's living it up over there. Like, you know, um, it's not fair. Um, so, yeah. But when I started to see that Jesus really wanted to carry the burden, it's not necessarily the way that people say that I have to carry this burden. That's when freedom actually happened for me. Or, And it, like you said, it's still a process. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. there's complete freedom everywhere all the time. I mean, I'm sure there's unforgiveness in some areas I could still be working through, but I see it differently today. Yeah, I think forgiveness is the same as anything else in life where we're continually walking it out. Mm. We're continually working it out. Right. Um, you know, it's not like when we, when we heal from something and you know, however that is, yeah. it's not like that is put 
you know, if I heal from an emotional wound, if I feel like I've had healing having to do with my father, yeah. that one particular maybe memory that I've tried to work through or whatever, once I feel like I've gotten some healing, it doesn't mean that gets put in a box and put up on a shelf right, right. that can never be touched again. This is totally done. Yeah. It comes back around. Yeah. And it, it, there could be things that trigger it or... Um, and I feel like sometimes we do people a disservice by telling them that it's always going to work that way. I mean, it has worked for some people that way where it's like, oh, I'm completely set free from that. Right. I never think of it. And But when we box it to have to be that way, then there's this other person who comes along and is still going through a process and feels like, okay, it didn't work for me. Um, and maybe Jesus is not for me right? because it didn't work in my life. Um, and it makes people turned off. Yeah. Yeah, when we say... You know, once you're healed, you're healed. Yeah. That's done. Like, whatever it is. Once you've forgiven. It's over. It's Stop over. talking about it. Right. And mm-hmm. if it comes back up again, mm-hmm. what did you do wrong? Right. It continually comes back to you. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's actually not anywhere in the Bible. Yeah. Um, I think it's just one of those things that, okay, I was triggered. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, work this out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounds really tiring. Like, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. forever going to have to walk through healing. I'm forever going to have to like forgive. But it comes to a point where it's not as derailing. Isn't like, everything like that though? Right. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you think about it, how it's framed, like yeah, yeah. if, if you're someone who is just trying to figure out Jesus yeah. and you hear like, you're always going to heal from something. Yeah. You're always going to have to deal with something. Mm-hmm. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah. What's the point? What? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's just helpful for me to think about it. Like when I think about like, you know, I, I eat for sport, you know, <laughs> I'm a classic overeater. It's a thing I deal with. Um, and I'm always going to have to deal with that. You know what I mean? Even if I lose all the weight I say I want to lose, even if I become a vegan today, it's still something I'll be thinking about um, yeah. and dealing with. It's something I would have to lean on the Holy Spirit for because I like to eat. You know what I mean? I, and I feel like framing in, a, in that way is a little bit freer um, for me personally anyway to think it through that way um, rather than thinking like I don't necessarily think that there's something wrong with my DNA because I like to eat. Um, whereas sometimes people feel like, oh, I didn't meet Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet him correctly. Uh, maybe I wasn't converted because I'm still dealing with a thing. Yeah. Which actually is a good um, thing to point out in chapter one Mm. of um, the Bible tells me so where he's talking about, Hey, guess what? You don't have to defend the Bible. Yeah. You don't have to defend God. And I think when, when like it continues to come back to you, Mm -hmm. like I didn't do this right. Or why can't it just be what it is? Mm -hmm. Um, but that's because we have to blame it on us because we might make God look bad. Right. And we're afraid of making God look bad. Um, and we say it's because we don't want the world to think bad of God. Uh, but really we're afraid of seeing things that we don't agree with about God. Like if I, if I don't understand him, if I don't agree with him, then what do I, where, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? You know, um, if your faith is shaky, you can't handle disagreeing with God um it's scary because it's like God is all I got you know what I mean and so I need him to be on the same page with me everything has to be black and white yes it has to make sense um and because it's scary right um 
I, I, you know, I read the whole book and I struggled <laughs> all the way through at least 50% of it. I was like, okay, where are we going with, it, with this? Like, tell me what you're trying to say, you know? Um, and I feel like I have a fairly strong faith and I was still like, okay, dude, don't say the wrong thing. Um, because it, it's scary if somebody yeah. comes along and like you find what you thought you knew is not what you know. It feels like smoke and mirrors. And then it's like, what do I have? Right. But I think one of the questions that I've asked myself even before I started reading this book mm-hmm. for years, several years now, as my, as the things that I thought I knew and believed have kind of gotten unraveled and I'm relearning. Yeah. One of my thoughts is, can God still be God? Yeah. And me recognize that some things I've learned were not right. Yeah. And I have to unlearn and relearn. Yeah. Is he still God? Mm-hmm. Is God still God if, what this is talking about, um, the Bible actually isn't exactly set up the way that we've been taught our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't an example in here, but I like to use it as an example. Is God still God if there was actually no whale that right. swallowed Jonah? If it was just a parable? Right. Um is God still God? And I feel like if the Bible said it was a parable, the people would be fine with it. But because, you know, it doesn't necessarily say that and your pastor says it's not, then you're like, anybody who dares think that it might be is a heretic. And right. I'm not going to talk to this person because they're crazy, you know. But deep down inside, you know, you kind of wonder about the whole Jonah thing. I mean, who hasn't wondered about that? You know, like... Right. Did this really happen? Can it happen again? Like, could I do it today? Right. <laughs> could I take a trip in a whale? Um, and live. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, and I, I, I get it. Like, I literally was writing notes in the book and thinking, dude, tell me what you're trying to say. Like, because he is, like, dancing around what he really is trying to say. And, like, just tell me what you're trying to say. Um, but, but that, like, helped me judge my own motives. Like, am, do I need it to be exactly right? for God to be God but I just can't I have such an experience with God now separately from the Bible as a person that even though it's scary and it freaks me out I'm good with God I feel like we're good um I feel like I would choose what I know of God over what anybody says any day um but yeah it was scary to read that like (laughs) even for you to say that like I struggle with that because I've been in church my whole life like if you were to say right now there's no way possible that that could have happened. That's challenging for me. Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's challenging for me to think that it did happen as right. well. Um, I just can't. I just, I'm not at a place where I can say it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> but, yeah. and then also, I mean, but it's good. And I'm yeah. glad you pointed that out because I think he talks a lot in the book too about a relationship separate relationship yeah. with God separate than the from the Bible right um whereas Christians I feel like we have way more of a relationship with the Bible than yeah. with yep. God yep um and we think we know him just because we've read that right mm-hmm. but if you really pick apart the Bible yeah. and that is your relationship the Bible is your relationship mm-hmm. not not just you and God you yeah. know um and then you read the Old Testament and the genocide yeah. and all the war. And he talks um, about that a lot in the book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You you think about all that stuff. Yeah. 
and your relationship is only with the Bible. Yeah. What kind of relate? What yeah. God is this? Right. And then that's why you have Christians who fall apart when they're talking to atheists. Atheists are smart people. <laughs> they're very smart people. <laughs> they're very read people. You know, they read, they do their homework. Um, and we're just like, oh, just have faith. And I just, I don't know that faith means no evidence. It means it doesn't have to have evidence. But it doesn't mean right. we can't have evidence. There is evidence. <laughs> and it, for us to feel like, you know, we're just, we don't, we're, despite all evidence we're just going to believe this um and we it's hard for us to have an argument or even a discussion yep because we get so busy being like no that's not god this is god and this is you know this is why he you know had the israelites kill all the men women and children right when the person sitting across from you is thinking well that's genocide right and if a leader did that now today yeah you would say that's definitely not god right and that that leader was not led by god to do right, that like right. if that if a leader today killed an entire community mm-hmm. men women children and animals yeah wiped it all out and said god told me to do it yeah we would say that's not god right we would mm-hmm. know he was crazy christians yeah. would even say absolutely not that is not god but there is biblical support for that right <laughs> right yeah yeah so so what do we do with that yeah. and I think, and I'm pretty sure it's in here in chapter one where he does talk about faith falls apart. Yeah. Like if it's only based on the Bible, mm-hmm. um, there's only really so long, like you have choices. You can ignore all the Old Testament stuff, sugarcoat it. You know, like we tell the kids the story of Noah's Ark. Right. That was really bad. Right. Or Veggie Tales, the way they come and try to tell right. the story of David and Bathsheba. Have you seen that one? <laughs> I have seen that one. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's glossed over yeah. and it's super nice. And we as Christians, when we're teaching mm-hmm. those kind of things, we're like making murder look okay. Right. But that's because we're viewing it through a lens that right. was probably never actually supposed to be that way mm-hmm. um, I mean he talks about um, how Christians feel like the Bible is an instruction manual right um, a letter to us mm-hmm. and that's never really sat right with me mm-hmm. um, in the first place so that's why I can kind of track with him a little bit yeah. more um, so if we read it as instructions for us what do we do with the Old Testament right or do we do what a lot of Christians do um, so that our faith doesn't fall apart yeah, and gloss, gloss it over, over it. Mm-hmm. or just skip that altogether? Mm-hmm. Like, not think about it. We're just going to think about the New Testament because it's the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Jesus brought a new covenant. So we're going to talk about Jesus and what he said. We're not going to talk about the fact that God is God. Mm-hmm. Jesus was or God. Or we say, uh, if God asked me to kill all those people, I would. And just hope that he doesn't say that. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I'm just hoping he's not going to say that. But yeah, I would, you know, because that makes us feel like we're obedient and, you know, whatever God says is correct, which is true. What God says is right. But then we, we struggle with the fact that that's not God's character. How do I, you know, and it becomes this fight in, internally and then you just don't want to deal with it. Right. And that's why we need to know God for God and mm-hmm. not just. Mm-hmm. I love that God. in the book he says that Jesus is bigger than the bible um and i was like oh my gosh that's you know 
it was it was hard at first when I read it because I'm like, okay, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Okay, right? So I'm like, okay, Jesus is the word, right? But I feel like, again, it's the difference between like the letter killer, the kill it, kills and the spirit gives life. Like there's a difference in us like taking literal writings uh, that people wrote, inspired by God, but people wrote and deciding that this is the law and that's where we have the issue rather than reading the spirit behind what's been said and what God is trying to say through these things um I feel like it's a difference yeah and it really is okay if we have to reframe and number one stop reading the bible in a white western evangelical lens like we don't get in trouble for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to stop yeah. reading the Bible through that because the Bible was not written through that lens. Right. The Bible was written in a totally different time yeah. in history, different culture. Um, so a lot of the things that it says, we miss when we read it through our yeah. Western eyes, especially through like white evangelical eyes. Yeah. We really miss a lot of it. Um, and so... We need to kind of reframe that. Yeah. But what if the Bible isn't an instruction manual? What if it for isn't us? American? Right. <laughs> what if it's just yeah. like it's an addition to, mm. you know? Um, it's like it's complementary to the instructions? Like the Bible is not. What if it's not an actual instruction manual for us? It's not mm-hmm. filled with all these promises for us. Because some of these promises that we claim as Christians, yeah. that was not for us. Yeah. That was for Jacob. Yeah. That was for Abraham. Right. And I feel like, like it should be, it should more or less be like, okay, Lord, let's just say, use us right now. Okay, Lord, you promised this to Megan. I'd like a little bit of that. You know, maybe I could ask, but rather than the way we walk about this thing, well, if you gave it to Megan, then you have to give it to me. Right. Um, and I feel like that sometimes that's how we pick the Bible apart. It has to be done this way. It has to be like that because that's what it says. What God has for me is for me is what we say. But really what we say, what we mean is if I can find it in here, you got to give it to me. It has to happen this way. Yep. Just like this. Um, and I think that it's when you start to look at the Bible through the lens of the world, like, and not just America, that completely falls apart because right. so many Christians don't have nearly what we have. Um, who and have they deeper Jesus relationships? Oh yeah, much deeper relationships with Jesus than we would ever understand. Um, and I grew up kind of feeling like anything Eastern, anything Eastern was demonic. And when I think about it now, like that is so prejudiced. <laughs> first of all, like what is that? But like if it, you know, cartoons, anything that came from like Asia, China, ooh, <laughs> ooh, you know, that is like the devil, you know. And but there are literal Christians being persecuted for their faith in a way that Western American Christians mm-hmm. would just kill themselves, just give up and die. Yep, we would just you know, forget about it. They say, never mind, okay, Jesus doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm good on that. Yep. Um, and, and so when you look at the, it is you have to be honest, and that's the thing, even though I didn't agree with everything uh, that I write in the book completely, and I, I wrote lots of notes, like, I need to study this. I need to figure this out. Is he right? Is this correct? I still have some stuff like that I need to go through. Uh, he did make me think about how I'm reading the Bible. Am mm-hmm. I reading the Bible in a way that is beneficial only to me? what I believe and how I feel um and is if it is just an instruction manual it makes it so much more controllable 
by us. Yep. Yeah, we want to be able to control it, and that makes sense to us, and we can do that. But if it's a living being uh, speaking through stories and principles and history, then it's a lot less controllable, and we don't like that. Yeah. 